Welcome to the Renovare Podcast. My name is Nathan Foster, and today we're going to be working with the discipline of slowing. There's an essay that I wrote about it, and we're going to uh, use that as a touchstone. But if you don't have the essay, you can download it at renovare.org. Today I have two guests, two friends, two members of the Renovare ministry team, Juanita and John. Welcome. How's it going? Good to see you. <laughs> Thank Thanks you. for having us. Absolutely. Um, why don't I have the two of you uh, introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about uh, about yourselves. Juanita? Hi, I'm Juanita Rasmus, and I'm a pastor in uh, Houston, Texas at St. John's Downtown and St. John's Northwest Campus. Um, we have an outreach to the homeless community in and around downtown. Uh, we provide services and housing and um, provides uh, meals. Probably we distribute about 19 tons of food weekly to families in peril for fresh food and produce in our city. Um, I'm a spiritual director by training, and I am a uh, person who is really seeking uh, to live fully into this all-inclusive community of loving persons that God is trying to build. And uh, so sometimes I, I do okay, and other times I don't do so well. So that's kind of who I am. <laughs> that's very nice. Yeah, Juanita, you you I mean you said you know the uh, about about the church, but um, it, what you and your husband Rudy are doing there really a lot of churches want to do outreach and talk about doing outreach, but um, you guys are living, breathing, uh, helping and serving the community, a real asset to the community. Uh, it's quite impressive. Thank you. Um, quite impressive. Well, you know, it's pretty simple for us. When we got to St. John's 22 years ago, um, literally, um, we had to step over a homeless man who was laying in the doorway. Our church was about to be closed about our denomination and so my husband and I and our pastor at the time went down to kind of see what we could do with this facility not realizing that there was a, a camp of homeless men and women encamping out around that uh, church at night because it was a safe place to be in downtown Houston mm. and literally when we stepped across the doorway we had to step over a gentleman who was sleeping and God just, you know, I'm one of those people who says, God said, all right, so get ready. God said, this is your ministry. And um, we were made real aware that Matthew 25, um, 35 through 40 was what we were being called to do. And so it, you know, it never was an option, really. It was just really clear. This is your assignment. Provide food for the hungry provide shelter for those who are outside and um, the, you know the whole bit we have an incredible prison ministry I almost forgot to mention that uh, called pathway to freedom and um, so everything that's happening in Matthew 25 35 through 40 that was our assignment and, mm-hmm. and um, as my grandmother would say I just pray when we finish she says well done good and faithful servant because it's been something else <laughs> okay well don't you even have, isn't there a dentist? Clinics? Well, we had a dentist who uh, would bring health care services, and we have a clinic uh, where we had uh, a partnership with um, one of the nurse practitioners in town uh-huh. who brought services to our clients. Yeah. Yes, yes, fantastic. 
Very good. Thank you, Juanita. Glad to, Thank glad you. to have Thanks you here. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. Of course. John, tell us about yourself. Yes. I'm uh, John Bailey, and I've got, uh, I'm one of the co-founders of Lightstock, a company that I started with my twin brother. Um, and we basically will sell and distribute uh, Christian stock photography, footage, uh, vector files, uh, basically for the faith-based market. So it's a, it's a new thing that's been up off the ground for about a year and it's, it's going great. And then I also have the, the privilege to serve as the chair of the board of Renovari. So that is an amazing, exciting adventure and I'm loving every minute of it. Good. Very good. We're yeah. glad to have you. Um, Thanks. Good. Um, well, I started with, uh, the discipline of slowing and, one of the things I very quickly uncovered is that um, it really wasn't about slowing, although I needed to slow, but the point being to be present be, for others and present for God. Um, and at any rate, that was uh, where that took me. But I'm curious to hear uh, from either one of you, what has your experience been with the discipline of slowing down? Well, that, that first hit me when I heard Dallas Willard say, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, I, I didn't even know that was a problem. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't even on my radar screen. I mean, that was just nowhere. But it is amazing that what happens when you start to remove hurry from your life mm -hmm. um, and when you start to even pay attention and recognize what it does, I found that hurry was a hurricane in my life, mm. wreaking, wreaking havoc everywhere it went. So, and you, go ahead. I'm sorry. When you said it wasn't even on your radar, meaning you were caught in hurry, it's just it wasn't on your radar that you needed to stop. Yeah, I mean, hurry, hurry is almost a good thing, right? I mean, sure. if I'm not in a hurry, I don't feel like I'm adding value. I don't feel like I'm, uh, you know, somebody that needs to be looked at or praised or approved. Um, it's just, it's just one of those things that's kind of built into my system. And so it wasn't even, it wasn't even on in my mind or in my mental map to that hurry needed to be addressed, which mm -hmm. was, which was so shocking when I heard Dow say, it, which is like most things he says. <laughs> yeah, it sure. Sure. Well, you know, I think for me, um, my experience with slowing down, um, happened without my desire for it. Um, my real wake-up call, if you will, happened in 1999. I experienced a major depressive episode, and um, in that, I couldn't literally couldn't get out of bed for months. And in that space, I came to realize how, as Jonathan just said, how dependent I was on even a sense of identity mm -hmm. by being engaged in activity. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when we see each other, we don't say, um, what are you and God up to? We say, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we're, 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 we constantly kind of set each other up for this addiction to always doing something. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. And one of the things that I realized is that my value wasn't based on my doing. Any of the, the roles that I played, any of the um, titles that I might have had, whether it be wife, mom, pastor, sister, niece, cousin, it, none of those roles got me out of bed. Mm -hmm. When depression 
fell on me like a 18 ton um, brick on my chest and I couldn't get out of the bed. Yeah. Uh, being a wife didn't get me out. Being a mother didn't get me out. Being a pastor didn't get me out. That experience of slowing was the thing that arrested my attention and caused me to have to be still and know. Mm. But Psalm 4610 says, be still and know mm. that I am God. Mm-hmm. And so for me, the slowing helped me to really get to know who God was, and it helped me to get to know who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, slowing has been an amazingly remarkable gift. I, I wish that I had been maybe a better student, and I didn't need depression to get me to slow. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a hellacious experience, but one that was filled with so much richness um, that I almost um, could say that I've grown to be grateful for the experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's interesting that kind of both of you have had these experiences that um, forced you in some way to look at uh, what you're doing and, and then this idea of identity and worth and value caught up in what we do and the pace at which which we live. John, what did you find, you know, after you heard Dallas's quote and began thinking about uh, how to eliminate hurry? What what changed in your life? Well, um, I think probably the first thing I started doing, because I wanted some practical application. I long for that. I just feed off that. I want to see it change and happen in my life. And so one of the first things I did, this is really funny, but this is like a great uh spiritual discipline I drove I started driving the speed limit everywhere I went okay. <laughs> so, so, God. and what I did was see for me I was always a, a, a fast driver I mean my dad drove fast so just growing up it was in my blood I, the, driving was a competition yeah. you know so I always wanted to like see how fast I could get to places and so what I did is I started driving the speed limit but my foot <laughs> wouldn't obey my my heart and so I had to I had to start using cruise control. So now when you see me driving around town I I literally like set my cruise control to 40 miles an hour. Okay. And I'm just like but what's so interesting about this is everybody zooming past me, okay? Mm-hmm. 40 miles an hour. I feel like just this this uh old person, an elderly person just driving by and everyone's just flying past me. Uh-huh. And what's, what's, what the amazing thing about it is I've been able to just take that time in the car to really, really think and to listen. Mm. It's amazing the space that opens up right in your car, mm. right in mm. front of you. And um, so I just constantly do that. I've been doing that for years and I still do it. Um, and it's just an amazing time to just carve a little bit a little bit of space out for you and God in the car um, and not be concerned about getting ahead of this person or that person. Not, you know, I'd, I'd get up to a stoplight and I would measure like which lane has the fewest amount of cars. <laughs> so now, I mean, it's just, I get in my lane that I need to be in. I put my cruise control on and that's it. That's mm. the end of it. And so- then I just oh, go ahead. And that's, you know, it's just the peace of mind that comes from that. And then the space that opens up, it's just, it's uh-huh. a blessing. So something as simple as driving the speed limit, then 
create space for your car to be a mobile sanctuary. You're able to tune in a little. Exactly. I like it. It's very simple. It's funny he said that because I I have a similar practice. Mine is not so much the speeding, but, um, you know, how in in the city of Houston, we have a lot of traffic. And um, so two things I've done is, number one, when I find myself behind the person who is going slow, Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, oh my God, this is so <laughs> You know, I have learned to take that as my slow down message. Oh. And so I'll stay behind them. Mm-hmm. And I'll help um, myself to really get into that space by breathing. Mm-hmm. And so I slow my breath down, I start being attentive to my breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second thing is using traffic as the place to be. Hmm. You really can't be anyplace else when you're in traffic. Okay. So why not be intentionally present in the traffic? And so it gives me an opportunity to, first of all, kind of check in with myself. How's the day been going? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, What's been giving you life today? Mm-hmm. What's taking life from me? Um, and then often I'll find myself when I'm kind of uh, at the place of making sure that I'm okay, I'll, I'll kind of look around. It's amazing what happens when you're in traffic and you're looking at the people who are beside you or in front of you or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can see people doing all kinds of things. I've seen people crying while they're driving. And so that elicits for me, uh, Lord, I don't know what their concern is, but would you meet them at the point of their need? Mm-hmm. Would you be present to them? Mm-hmm. Uh, or being in... Um, traffic and somebody's weaving in and out of the traffic and so you have this sense that they're in a hurry and so God would you be present to them would you keep them safe and the people around them safe and so slowing can help me be attentive to my own needs but also attentive to the needs of others Mm -hmm. and if we're really going to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, we've got to slow down and be attentive to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then it's out of that that I find that often slowing empowers me then to be attentive to the other, whoever the other may be. Mm-hmm. I love this. So it isn't just a matter of s- slowing down so you can be um, calm or not frantic, not hate being in traffic or, you know. Um, but then suddenly you find space to care for others uh, right. and t- for it to be uh, a way to uh, pay attention to who's around you and to, to, to care for them. I love sure. that. I love mm-hmm. that. Um, I would say both of you um, are very successful people who have lots of things on your plate and lots of people who uh, will clamor for your attention, uh, lots of demands in life, yet having known both of you for a little while, neither one of you ever strike me as um, being uh, panicky or stressed out. Now, I I may be missing something, but you both just come across as very calm. Um, So is it an illusion? And if not, do you have a a secret? (laughs) Uh, Eugene Peterson has this great book. You know, are they for that? You know, for me, I think um, when I found out that there was a life 
outside of hurry and hustle. And when I um, began to experiment with it, and like I said, I, I never asked for this experiment. It was given to me. Mm. Um, I found out that whatever I think about gets bigger. Okay. And so if I invest my energy and anxiety in um, huffing and puffing and, and moving around crazily, I get more anxiety and huffing and puffing and moving around crazily. Okay. Um, okay. I found out that if I will just take a little time every day to meditate, to get quiet. Uh, one of my favorite books is uh, called Silence and Stillness by John Main, Daily Writings, and it's edited by, I can't remember the editor's name. Um, but every day, um, John Main reminds me that my identity is hidden in Christ. That who I am and who I can be is in Christ. And that the way, to me, the most beautiful picture of this is imagine that you're a, an old-fashioned whale. You know, the kind that they used to dig out of the ground and the water would raise up and somebody would put a, a bucket with a rope on it and they'd lower the bucket down into that whale. Okay. I can't live out of the depth of possibility if I don't slow down. Hmm. Mm-hmm. and allow my bucket to go deep into that well and draw up out of it. Whatever it is God has for me in that moment. John Bailey talked about being able to listen. For me, the way that I keep from running around, because I'm, I'm, I am a, a run-arounder addicted in recovery, all right? I often say I'm a performance addict in recovery. And so... That means that if you throw a carrot out to me to let's do, then I just got busy, got excited, got my wheels going, and I'm running around doing all this stuff. But when I take the time to meditate daily, drop that bucket down and say, okay, God, I know there are vast possibilities ahead of me, but what's to be in my bucket today? Mm Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, I recognize that the universe is available to help me accomplish whatever task I have set before me. Mm. And that it'll never be more than I am able to depend on God for. Mm. Are you with me? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And so sometimes when I find myself overwhelmed, and I do get there. Matter of fact, you should have been with me last week. <laughs> I'm in school working on my master's. And, um, you know, not having been in school a while, I'm trying to get the rhythm and how do I do this? You know, all these reading assignments. And so I was feeling a bit overwhelmed. And so as I meditated, it came to me that I've been trying to read all the material and then do the test. Okay. It came to me to take the test out, read over the test, and use it to guide my reading so that I'm looking for those keywords that are on the test. All of that came from slowing down. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So when I slow down, all of a sudden the anxiety gets minimized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm freaking out. I call it my freaking out, you know. And so I have a strategy now. And out of that dropping the bucket down into the well, 
God put in the bucket what I needed mm-hmm. inside mm-hmm. on how mm-hmm. to make this work for me. Mm-hmm. Very good. So, yeah, I'll have my moments and still do. But I'm just so grateful now that I know the resource. I know um, what it takes for me to connect to hear from God. And that slowing down, and for me, the practice of daily meditation is one way that I engage slowing down. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. John? Uh, Eugene Peterson has this great quote that uh, just rocks me. He says, like children lost in the woods, the more lost we feel, the faster we run. Hmm. Mm. Like children lost in the woods, the more lost we feel, the faster we run. Mm. That's good. It's very good. Hmm. I'm going to write that down, John <laughs> So what do you do, John? How do you maintain a slow pace? Oh, I think I lost you, John. Hmm. Juanita, give me um, something very practical for people to do. Well, I, I I'm in meditation. John, are you there? Okay, I'm back. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. Sorry, guys. That's okay. Where did I? Where did, where did you leave me? Where did I leave you? Um, I don't remember. <laughs> oh, I just I said, how do you how do you slow, John? What do you do to uh, uh, to slow down? Um, slowing down. So, man, to do. One of the big things, besides driving the speed limit, is um, uh, putting this basically a seatbelt on my smartphone okay. when I get in the car. <laughs> yep. Um, because it, it's amazing. Like I want to go fast, but then also there's a like a state of mind where I'm constantly thinking or I'm context switching so much from phone to email to text to social media. And so what I've found is the more that I can um, just set my phone down. And away, mm-hmm. uh, the better the better I am. Mm-hmm. The slower I feel like I can I can go. The pace of life really slows. Uh, it's like an anxiety or like a scatteredness that um, mm-hmm. that sets in as I move back and forth, or wanting to know like who emailed me, what what are they saying, or someone's texting me, or I just got a post here, post there. But um, when I just put my phone down mm-hmm. and put it away. Especially when I'm in the car. I'm not looking at anything, but I'm just (laughs) taking the time to just be still. Um, For me, that's been a real practical way just to have that opportunity in the car to just be not only still, not only like slowing down with the car, but literally my mind slowing Mm -hmm. down so that both of those work together to really create a good sacred space. Mm -hmm. You you bring up something interesting in that, John, and that's that. It isn't for me that email or text or any kind of thing I'm doing technologically is stressful. It's that I'm switching constantly and doing multiple things at once. Whereas if I'm just answering email or just answering text or something, then it's not so bad. But it's the kind of constant of this, this, and that back and forth that can be quite a bit overwhelming, I guess. You know, something that happened to me, you are talking about that switching back and forth and the texting and all of that. Um, one day I was caught up in all of that 
at my desk. I had my iPad, my computer, my cell phone, and I was kind of interacting with all of them. And the Lord just spoke to me and he said, Juanita, where have you read that I'm multitasked? It's an illusion to think that we multitask. Mm -hmm. Scientists have said we don't. Our brain functions on one thing or another, at, uh, one thing at a time. We might switch our attention to something else, but we are um, actually doing one task at a time. And and I, I forgot who, who said that. I read that somewhere recently. And I thought, oh, okay. So when the Lord made me aware of that, I went back to Genesis. Mm -hmm. And Genesis... Whatever task he was working on, he worked on it until he finished it and said, that's good. Mm. That's good. That was a word for me. Yeah. Because he was trying to answer email, then somebody called, and at the same time, I'm trying to remember this thought so I can write it down, uh -huh. instead of just being present with what is present. Yes, yes. Do, do the one thing in front of you and do it well, and then you go on to the next thing. That's it. Uh, that's it I almost wonder if that's the way God designed us purposefully mm -hmm. to just be able to handle one thing at a time that's okay yeah, I think so mm, that's good well we've um, we've reached our time limit but uh, I very much appreciate both of you being with me this is really fantastic 